0: No longer in apartment 125, but it is surely unfiltered. Welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. The final four is set. I'm going to be talking about the second weekend of NCAA tournament games. We'll talk Sweet 16. We'll talk Elite 8. Not going to go over like each game just because I wasn't able to watch every single one of them. But I'm going to talk about the key storylines and then look ahead to the final four matchups because, man, it is a weird one this year. A very, very bizarre Final Four. Let's start with the Sweet 16 and some things I kind of took away. So, I'd say the big games on on Thursday, you got two of them. You got Kansas State and Michigan State. That game was awesome. Marquise Noel was absolutely fantastic. He had 20 points and 19 rebounds in Madison Square Garden. He's a Harlem kid, a New York City kid. He calls himself uh, Mr. New York City or King of New York. or I think it's Mr. New York City. I think Pop Smoke called called himself the King of New York. Uh, But Marquis Noel putting on one of the best shows of the entire tournament. And he he obviously was not alone. Keontae Johnson had a great game. He had twenty two points in that overtime thriller over the Spartans. AJ Hogart had a good game with twenty five points, but I think the big show here was just Marquise Noel. Hit the passing. He put on one of the best point guard displays. He really went on like a like a Kemble Walker esque run. This tournament. Shout out to to Rob Dowser, Field of sixty eight. Who kind of said that? And I took that that line um, out of inspiration from him because he's because he was absolutely right. Kemble Walker uh, with UConn took over when they went on that national championship run. In and, and two obviously New York guards, smaller guards, and Noel was just fantastic this whole tournament. And this that that lob. To beat Michigan State, 92 all 56 seconds. The fake arguing with the coach, the hand slash to tell Keontae to cut. Uh, that was one of the coolest plays I've ever seen in the NCAA tournament. And then the Gonzaga UCLA thriller. The uh I mean UCLA down what was it, 10 with like a minute 14, and looked like it was over. They stormed back with a couple of Jaime Hawkes and ones. He had 29 points that night. Amari Bailey hit a three. And Julian Strathair comes right back with that Villanova play that they used to beat the Tar Heels in 2016 to hit a dagger three to win 79-76. That game was absolutely phenomenal as well. Andrew Timmy put up an all-time classic performance with 36 points, 13 rebounds, shot 16 of 24. Obviously, FAU beat Tennessee. Connecticut just absolutely smacked down Arkansas. And then the games the next day weren't, like, phenomenal. You had Texas beating Xavier and and Creighton beating Princeton, both pretty handily. The big story on this day was the number one seeds going out. You had San Diego State, a five seed who I can't say I thought they were going to make it this far. And I mean, a little foreshadowing, they make it a little farther, but they really shut down Alabama. And this team for the Crimson Tide, they live and die by the three-point line, and they shot three of 27, 11%. That's going to be very, very tough to beat a very good defensive team in San Diego State. Brandon Miller, really tough NCAA tournament, the worst field goal percentage in tournament history. He was 8 of 41 for the whole tournament, shot 3 of 19, 1 for 10 from 3 with 9 points in the loss to the Aztecs. Unfortunately for Alabama, looked like they had a free ride, but nothing in this tournament is free. And I think the one... That one was definitely the most surprising. I think one that I, I wish I just stuck with my gut on this one because I had a feeling that these Miami guards were going to do something special. And they put up 89 on Houston. The the homecoming was no more on Friday night winning as Miami won 70 or 89 to 75. Nigel Pack, he had seven three pointers to lead to his 26 points. Isaiah Wong dropped 20 as well. And this Miami team, as much as Houston tried to put the defensive pressure on, too many ball handlers, too many playmakers, and Miami just, I mean, it is very difficult to put up that many points on this Houston team. And even though, I mean, they had four guys in double figures, Miami is just a team that they're hot right now, they're shooting the ball well, and good offense will be good defense. That's just typically how it goes. And this Miami team severely underrated going into this tournament. All right. Now we're kind of caught up. Let's go to the elite eight. I just, I mainly wanted to talk about uh, that Marquise Noel masterclass in, in the sweet 16 against Michigan state, because in my opinion, that was the best game And, and along with the Gonzaga game. But yesterday, Kansas state plays Florida Atlantic FAU making it to the first final four 79 to 76 this was another great game Elijah Martin led the way with 17 points four guys in double figures some huge threes down the stretch they hit nine of them and for Kansas State Marquise Noel's 30 points 12 assists was not enough he was five or three from three point range but eight of 21 overall they really made him work for it and I, I I gotta give credit to FAU because that did not know this team very well i don't think many people did they're from conference usa they only lost three games heading into the season and it's very clear that this team is not a nine seed they don't play like a nine seed they don't have the composure of a nine seed they don't have the talent of a nine seed they are way better than their seed line suggests and i think that's definitely something we need to take into account more when it comes to seeding these teams because i thought like last year colorado state was a six seed got bounced by michigan but I think that was appropriate with how good they were in the regular season where FAU, again, there's, this team is is better than their seed suggests. And I think that's uh, that, that kind of had them as a, as a sneaky Cinderella pick heading into this March Madness, but by no means should they be a Cinderella. Again, they've lost three games. And, they, and they've got really good players. I mean, Vlad Golden had a fantastic game, 14 points, 13 rebounds, and he was dominating the paint all night long. Kansas State obviously doesn't have a guy who can really be that paint presence. And I love how, even though FAU turned the ball over 22 times, they had good composure. I loved how their ball handlers played. I loved the open shots that they took. And they... they they get their possessions. They play fast and they play aggressive, but I think Kansas state ultimately lost this game. And I'm going to explain why. First off, you you got guys missing wide open layups and dunks. You had Desi Sills miss a, a wide open fast break layup, And then Tomlin, he missed like a, a, he got his own rebound, just had an easy dunk. He could just lay it in, but he got stuffed by the rim. That's four points right there. And, I do think Marquise Noel got a little tunnel vision towards the end of the game and he he kind of stopped looking to pass and he, he was, I'm going to go be the man. But the thing is he's got to ride with Noel at that point. He's your, he's your guy. But the reason he was your guy is because Keontae Johnson could not stay out of foul trouble. I think he got the short end of the stick a little bit. He got two fouls on loose ball fouls. I think that's really unfortunate. And sometimes, He's just making a hustle play. I don't fully agree with some of those calls. Buys are going to collide when they're going for the ball. However, you pick up two very quick fouls in the first half. You play eight minutes in the first half. Jerome Tang decides he's going to sit you the rest of the half. You come out. You make a few buckets. You get Kansas State back ahead. And then you pick up. So you, the third foul is a loose ball foul. That's the second loose ball foul. But then you try and draw a charge for foul four turns out to be a blocking foul, you're back on the bench, you were making such a good impact offensively, he had like seven very quick points in the half, you can't afford, if you're Keontae Johnson, to put yourself back on the bench, he had to play smart, and then his fifth foul, he's trying to be aggressive, going for a rebound, You those extra plays, he was too important, he needed to be on the floor for the Wildcats, for them to win that game, and it was very clear that FAU had plenty of guards and defenses to throw at Marquise, and they needed that mid-range score. They needed that mismatch. That is Keontae Johnson, and it sucks because he only played 18 minutes. I was upset with the referees and the job they did on him, but overall, he had he had to play smarter, and he didn't. He was in foul trouble all night, couldn't fully be himself. And then he missed three free throws because he was clearly frustrated by the foul trouble. I think that's what it comes down to here. When one of your... When your second best player, or some might argue their best player, even though Noel was fantastic, when your best player is on the bench for more than half the game, it's going to be very hard to win games, especially when this this supporting cast, I mean Tomlin had 14 points, but it it can be unreliable at times, and that was was the big drawback on Kansas State. They had two dudes, and who else was going to step up, and when one of those dudes is in foul trouble on the bench, I think it's going to be hard for them to win. So congrats to FAU, really upset Kansas State's not in it, I really was looking forward to seeing another Marquise Noel show, just because again, he's so fun to watch, one of the most fun players I can remember watching in the NCAA tournament in recent years, but it's owl season for FAU, and the Beach Boys are going to the Final Four. Next game of the night was UConn-Gonzaga, not going to talk about this one much, I did watch a good amount of it, UConn just is steamrolling through opponents right now, beating Gonzaga-Gonzaga. 82-54, 82-54, winning by 28 against a very good team, well-coached team. Jordan Hawkins is just a flamethrower from the outside. He had six threes. Sonogo is absolutely dominant as well, and they got so many guys who can beat you. They had seven players with eight points or more. They're they deep. They're versatile. Jackson had 10 assists. He, I mean, they got. They have so many guys that can beat you in so many different ways, and it was too much for Gonzaga to handle. And it just shows that this UConn team that had a stumble midway through the season in a very tough Big East, as we clearly saw, as Big East teams did pretty well in this tournament minus minus Marquette. But this UConn team, also not really a four seed, they're playing like a one or two seed, and and that's the thing. Like the seeding doesn't matter at the end of the day. You got to look at the best teams, and UConn is the best team. Left in this tournament. And I think in the Elite Eight, they were the best team left. I mean, it's also making 11 threes on the night. They, I mean, didn't give Gonzaga a chance to get back into it. They were up seven and a half time, and in the blink of an eye, it was a 20 point game. So, I I mean, I I really like Gonzaga this year, but I did not like this matchup. I think a lot of people didn't like the matchup in Connecticut. UConn back to the Final Four. Let's talk about some games today. Watch the end of the San Diego State game against against Creighton. This is just what the Aztecs do. They're they're defensive. They will slow you down. They're gonna play very tough. And when it when it came down to it. At the end of the game, yes, uh, they had a terrible turnover to Baylor Shireman for that layup to make it 56 all, but they had the last shot. It was a foul on Ryan Nemhard. I, I agree with the call. The left hand was clearly on the hip that make the free throw, but this Sandy the San Diego State team, they're like just think of them as like Virginia. Gonna play very good defense, slow it down, limit you to one shot. And am I excited to see this team in the tournament? No. Not not particularly. In the Final Four, I mean, just because they're not the most exciting brand of basketball, but it's clearly shown that it wins games. Butler with 18 points, Trammell had 12, and I believe he was the one to hit the free throw, uh, the game-winning free throw, that is. And then for Creighton, a tough way to end their season because they had an awesome game against Baylor, this was a very talented team, and they just didn't shoot the ball very well today, they were 2 of 17 from three-point range, I, I think that's, uh, this team needs to make their threes, Calc Brenner had 17 and 6, but no, no one else could really get going for the most part, the guards certainly had a tough time, Nemhard Alexander only uh, combined for 15 points, so San Diego State is going to be playing FAU, and then I think probably the game. Actually, I'm going to give it to Kansas State, but the game of the of today, Miami making a 13-point comeback on Texas. The two, last two seed left in the tournament, Miami drops 51 in the second half led by Jordan Miller. Perfect from the field and the free throw line, 27 points, made all 7 shots, made all 13 free throws. Very versatile two-way defensive player who can who can score in bunches this guy's going to be an NBA player. I love this guy's game. I love, you know, his change of pace. He is effective from all three levels on the field or on the court. He can make the three, he can drive in, he can make a mid range and he's clearly reliable from the free throw line. And I think what's so impressive about this Miami team is that it was just kind of a different guy every single time, you know, against Indiana, it's Isaiah Wong. He's dropping 27 points the previous round as when they beat Houston, Nigel Pack had seven threes, but today it was Jordan Miller. It's just, it's kind of like the UNC team last year where it, against Baylor, it was against Baylor's RJ Davis. And then was Caleb against UCLA. And then Armando had the big game against St. Peter's. When you have someone different contributing to give you a key win in the tournament, like a new guy, like each game, I think that is a great recipe for success. And I, and, and I think this is a big thing with these teams We can't look at these seeds to dictate how good these teams are. The teams in the Final Four are very, very good, and Miami is such an explosive offensive team. They only made two threes today. More of a surprise. They only shot eight of them, but they shot 59% from the field. They made 28 of 32 free throws, so they got to the charity stripe. They knocked them down. They had all five stars in double figures, and on any given night, you don't know which player going off on you, so you can't just lock in on one of them. For, for Texas, Marcus Carr 17, Timmy Allen 16, Serge Barrio Rice off the bench with 15. I think the big difference here was not having Dylan DeSue. He got hurt in the game against Xavier. He was in a boot on the bench in that game, didn't play in this one. With how he played against Penn State, I think Texas would have fared a lot better against Miami. But when it came down to Miami's guards versus Texas's guards, I'm going to trust Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack, Jordan Miller. Poplar had a great game as well. He had 16-6 six and 4. And Miami going to their first final four in program history. Jim Learnega, such an underrated coach. He's gotten this core over the hump getting I mean the program's first final four. I think that's amazing they got to the elite 8, elite Eight last year and they 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 score in bunches. They Play free. They're relaxed. They play their game, and I'm excited to see Miami play UConn. I, I think I'm super excited for that matchup. It's going to be two explosive offenses going just at war, and I think this game will be in the 80s, just like a lot of Miami scores. And what's really crazy is when you think of these teams, man. FAU is one Kendrick Davis turnover away from not even winning out of the first round. Miami had to go on like a 13 to one run to beat Drake. The twelve seed, when Tucker DeVries shot like one of thirteen. Sometimes you just need just one, like just one lucky break to go your way, and and that can be the difference, in you making a Final Four run. It's been really unpredictable this far into this year, this whole season. No one seeds, no two seeds, no three seeds. First time that's ever happened. We got two fives, a four, and a nine. It's the year of the fives, I guess. We love picking against them for upsets, but. I mean, shoot! I had I had San Diego State losing to Charleston. I had FAU losing to Memphis, obviously, and and I had Miami UConn in the Sweet 16. But it is so unpredictable, and it, it's been certainly that this year. Who do I think is going to win from here? I think UConn certainly is the favorite. I'm not looking forward to San Diego State FAU. I just San Diego State's not the most exciting to watch. I, I I hope FAU can win that. I think FAU UConn would be a fun one if Miami wins. I think the winner of UConn Miami 100 percent wins this tournament, but I'm gonna roll with UConn. They're the they've been blowing out teams. They're playing the best basketball right now on both ends of the floor. And, and Coach Hurley has Danny Hurley's done a great job with that uh, with that group of guys after getting upset last year as a five seed to New Mexico State. So here we are, we, we got, we're down to four, and my bracket finished with 420 points, that is uh, my main one it is, my backup is at 560, could get up to 720 if UConn wins the championship. Going to the women's side real quick, bracket has officially reached the 100th percentile, I have 840 points, Iowa is currently up 48 to 43 on Louisville. Uh, it's about to be halftime. I picked Iowa to win that. I still have my entire Final Four. I picked six of the Elite Eight, correct. I missed out on Miami. I had Villanova, and I missed out on Ohio State. I had UConn. But, uh, you know, if couldn't get it done in the men's bracket, happy to get it done in the women's bracket. And, yeah, I mean, 100% down. That's pretty cool. I put that on my Twitter. So, definitely go check that out. But that's really all I have for today. Going to really go uh, into a deep dive, potentially for a Final Four preview. It's been a fun tournament, been an unpredictable one, as I've said, and hopefully we get some nice games towards the end. All I ask is San Diego State, please don't make this game in the 50s because Miami-Yukon, that game's going to be in the 80s. That's going to be a fun one. But thank you so much for listening. Hope your bracket isn't totally busted like everyone else's. If you picked more than one of these teams to be in this Final Four, I commend you because I don't know how anyone in their right mind would pick these four teams. When you think of the conferences that they're from, we got we got the Mountain West, we got, we got the Big East, we got the ACC, and we've got Conference USA. I mean, there's no other way to explain what is going on, but we're all here for it. Been a fun tournament. Been fun talking about it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll get to you during the Final Four, and I'll speak to you next time.